You are listening to the Humble Hustlers podcast. We are two girls and a mic on a mission to spread love, positivity, making money, manifesting your dreams, and more. Hey, hustlers, welcome back to our podcast. Today we have a special guest, Soledad from Wealth Para Todos. So, Soledad, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Hi, everybody. I am Rita Soledad Fernandez Paulino. You can call me Soledad or Sol if you're really lazy. Um, and I am a mother of two. I used to be a math teacher and I became the chief financial officer for my family back in March 2019. And as I started to learn about personal finance and ways to build wealth here in the United States, I became so passionate about sharing what I was learning with everybody who would want to listen. The thing is that nobody in my circle wanted to listen. Nobody wanted to talk dinero. So I turned to talking to strangers online, primarily on Instagram, and started sharing everything I was learning so that we could all build wealth juntos. And that's pretty much what I do now on Instagram. I, as I learn things, I just share them with everyone who follows me. That's awesome. I know um, talking about finances can be a really big taboo. So um, what actually pushed you to start this financial journey? My uh, husband and I both didn't grow up uh, with money. We were both raised by single mothers. My husband particularly was um, raised in the projects in New York City. And I grew up in Echo Park. Uh, my mom was able to keep a home, but because she, you know, she was a single mom. She struggled with um, keeping the house. She made a lot of sacrifices to, to maintain um, home ownership. And as a result, it led up to us to be like house poor. So teníamos casa, but we didn't have extra things. And I just kind of grew up thinking like, I don't know how people make money. I don't know how people become millionaires. Like I would, I would, I thought of like Oprah, and I just never knew like what was the path in terms of entrepreneurship or even just like, I didn't know anything about investing. Like I didn't start learning all of this until I was 32 years old. And um, when I started to learn, I wanted everyone to also have this information because I just felt like the reason why we're not building wealth is because nobody's talking to us about it. And if I could just be that one person that tells somebody, hey, open up a Roth IRA. Hey, try zero-based budgeting. Um, and just put a little seed in someone's head for them then to continue to look into like different books and YouTube um, channels or podcasts or whatever. Then I just became very passionate about that because I am very, um, I want wealth building to be accessible and attainable to everybody. And I just didn't feel that way growing up. You know, I'm actually a single mom myself. And so I can totally relate to, you know, like being in the struggle and always, you know, having to bring the bread to the table. So I find that really awesome because that is actually what pushed me to start my financial journey into starting investing in stocks and kind of getting more informed about all of the things that they never teach us in school. You know, I also grew up with a single mom. So, you know, it was a really similar situation where we did have a house as well, but we were on a really, really tight budget, you know? Yep. 
there's so many things that when you go to school, they don't teach you and so many things that your parents, you know, might not know, you kind of go have to go out there and learn yourself. So for anyone listening out there, what's um, one thing that you know now that you wish you would have known then? <sighs> Only one thing. <laughs> um, I can think of so many. Um, okay, so one thing that I think has just been pivotal to our financial journey was creating a spending plan for our money. We used to just like list out our bills and then you're like, okay, we'll pay all of our bills and kind of thought of that as budgeting and not being aware of all the types of spending that is flexible, that that can change that you have control over. So for example, like your food budget, right? You, you can control that. That's not like fixed, like your rent or your mortgage or your phone bill. Like there's certain bills that like you're gonna have to pay no matter what. And then there's other forms of spending that you have more control over. And I wasn't aware of that. I wasn't aware of how much I was spending on clothes, how much I was spending on getting my nails done, how much I was spending on things for my kids until I started budgeting and creating a plan for my money each month. And when I first started to try to create a budget, it was so hard because my first month I was like, I can't do this. I, I didn't even have an idea of like what numbers my family needed. And so I had to look back at our spending. And when I looked back at our spending and, and kind of got an idea of like, oh shit, we spent a lot of money on food. Um, but then it gave me more of a baseline of how to create a budget. And now moving forward, now I've been budgeting. I'm a zero-based budgeter for 20 months. And it is the reason why we paid off $23,000 of student loan debt. It's the reason why we saved an emergency fund for six months with $30,000. It's the reason why we maxed out our Roth IRAs for 2019 and 2020. It's the reason we maxed out a 401k. It's the reason why next year we'll finally be able to start saving to buy a house. So knowing where your money is going and creating a, spend, a spending plan for your money, whether it's either you know, each month or each paycheck, I think is crucial, um, like a foundational part of like building wealth. I think it's really important that you bring that up, um, being able to invest um, after you figured out how to save and everything. How would you go about investing in an IRA or um, what got you to that point? How did you find out about it? I was so scared. I was so scared to start investing because in my family, um, everyone was comfortable with buying real estate. In the sense of like, oh, buy a house. That was the thing that everyone talked about. And I think that's just common because worldwide, owning um, your home is like a good form of financial security. But I live in Los Angeles and houses are so expensive. And so for me, I was very afraid of buying real estate. And I still didn't even know like the process to and all, and all I had were my memories with, you know, growing up as a kid and being house poor. So I was like, eh, I wasn't even like that excited about being a homeowner. So when I started reading books in personal finance books, so that's when I started to hear more about investing, but I just didn't pay attention to it until I had got rid of all my high interest debt and had built an emergency fund. 
once I built my emergency fund, then I started to seek out information about um, IRAs. And I like love reading the IRS website. And so I just would like listen to people on Instagram, like Investing Latina or Yo Quiero Dinero podcast with Janice. And they had content about IRAs. And eventually I also took a course, Finances en Fuego with uh, Wander Onwards and Miss Be Helpful and all these Latinas who taught me the importance of investing. And when I heard from mujeres that I could relate to, mujeres that I felt like I could trust about investing, that was powerful to my journey because I was like, okay, this is something that isn't just for like, I don't know, rich white people. This is for us too. And taking that course, they also like had me read um, this book called The Simple, Pal the Simple Path to Wealth by J.L. Collins. That also really motivated me um, to be more comfortable with opening up an IRA. And so when I finally did open up an IRA, um, you know, you have to choose a brokerage account first. I went with Vanguard only because Investing Latina, I had heard her say on the Clever Girl Finance podcast that Vanguard was like TJ Maxx and Marshalls, like I was And I thought, oh, well, I know what TJ Maxx is. So that sounds like a good thing. And so that's how I chose like my, my brokerage. And then when I opened up my IRA, I did it with a thousand dollars and it was in May. And I believe I used the money from um, our stimulus check and I didn't know what to do. I then eventually was able to put another thousand dollars um, into it. It had $2,000. It was just in like the mark, the money market fund. And that's a mistake that a lot of people make. They'll open up an IRA account, not understanding that once you open one up, the next step is to buy something, you know, you have to invest. And I didn't know, I didn't know that, or like, I kind of knew I had to, but I didn't know what to. And, and that's where that finance and foil class was so helpful because it made me think, well, at the very least, I could open up a target date retirement fund. And that was easy. And that would allow me to invest with um, with a diversified portfolio. And I wouldn't even have to look at making sure I had this, the right amount of stocks or compared to bonds. Like someone else takes care of that for you. You just enter the date that you plan to, the year that you, you plan to retire and a target date retirement fund, like they take care of it. But then I learned about expense ratios. And again, like this all took time. It wasn't something that like, you know, I started learning about IRA stuff in March, 2020. I didn't actually open up an IRA until May, 2020. I didn't actually start investing until June, 2020. So for anyone who feels like, oh, you know, it's nerve wracking, then do your research and keep reading and keep um, learning information and you get more comfortable. So yeah, that, that, that was my process. I think you've shared so much really good information and I think it's very true sometimes when, you know, we are given all of this information that we've never heard of. Sometimes it's either one of two things, either we're so quick to jump on it and we don't have any idea of what we're doing or it's the opposite where, you know, we take so long because we just want to keep learning and learning. Um, we've actually had this conversation, Jenny and I, where 
I had told her, Hey, I'm looking into stocks. I want to start investing. And so I did it. And then she saw that I was making a little bit of money on there. And then, so she got on it and, you know, we kind of shared tips back and forth. So I think that that's very important, you know, to look to other people. Like you said, so many of the people I'm personally obsessed, Jenny knows this, that I'm obsessed with um, Yo Quiero Dinero um, podcast. I think she is absolutely brilliant and she shares so many amazing tips. So I think it is really amazing to find a community like this because before we started this podcast we had no idea who any of these like amazing powerful latina women were and it's so amazing to know that there is a community out there like you said that are for people like us you know um women who want to be entrepreneurs women who are looking to you know potentially leave a nine to five job that um, they, they want generational wealth. And, you know, these are all things that for a lot of people, they seem impossible until you get a plan. And then once you get a plan in motion, everything just kind of starts falling into place. So I definitely think that that is one thing that people do have to do. And it's something that most people don't like to do, which is the research part. But it is very important because at the end of the day, no one is going to care more about, you know, your money being protected or your money growing than yourselves. But I want to go back a little bit. Um, you were saying that you had a zero base budget. So for someone that might not know what that is, that they might be really interested, because I feel like you have so many good things to talk about. And how did you start your zero base budget? So a zero base budget means that you take all the money that comes in your way, right? So any income that you have, you write that number down. Then you list um, any of your expenses. And if your income is the same amount of your expenses, then boom, you don't even have to worry about doing any additional planning because you don't have a surplus. Yeah, the first time I did this, my expenses were higher than my income. So I had to learn to decrease our expenses and get rid of some subscriptions and, and learn to like not get my nails done all the time. And that allowed me to realize, oh, okay, well, I'm not going to be able to be saving money if I continue to have my expenses higher than my income. And now we've gotten to the point where our income is greater than our expenses. So that allows us to set specific financial goals for that surplus. So when you have a zero-based budget, you say, I am going to make a plan for every single dollar that comes my way. For some people, they don't like it, <laughs> but it has worked for us because I, I have been able to be consistently flexible. And every month when I create a spending plan for the money that comes our way, it looks different. I've never had a budget that looks the same in the 20 months that I've been using a zero-based budget. I personally like to write things down. So I use um, a planner, but I started off like with a line notebook where I would just track our spending. And I also use an app um, called Every Dollar App. And I learned first about zero-based budgeting from Dave Ramsey. And later on, I learned more about zero-based budgeting from Cindy, uh, who has an Instagram account, zero-based budgeting. And she is Latina too. And that really just kind of kept me going with, with zero-based budgeting. There's all there's a lot of forms of budgeting. And I think that's something to keep in mind for everybody. Like you really have to figure out what's gonna work for you. Personal finance is personal. And for my family, since we're a family of four, we have a lot of different people. A zero-based budget works for us. 
but for some people like they're able to just keep like pay themselves first as soon as they get an income so like put money in investing put money in savings put money towards the debt whatever the the financial goals are first and then use leftover money um, to spend i couldn't do that because i'm a natural spender but anyone who's like interested in learning more about zero-based budgeting definitely hit me up on instagram a veces every once in a while i'll do like these budget conmigos workshops where i just kind of walk people through those um first budgeting like tips wow yeah i am definitely like you i am a spender naturally and i had to learn to become a saver and for me it was like once i became a single mom you know so i think a lot of single moms out there and i mean even if you're not a single mom i think a lot of people can relate to that you used to live a certain way and then you kind of have to adjust and for me i had to write everything down as well because i didn't realize how much money i was spending on going out to eat like fast food um you know target trips i would go in there thinking i was going to spend ten dollars and i would come out with like $200 worth of stuff that I didn't need. That's the mom life right there. (laughs) Yeah. And then, you know, if you have kids, you can relate to this where if you pass accidentally by the toy aisle, it's like for sure you have to get something or else it's going to be like a tantrum. (laughs) And that's like the worst thing, you know, for every mom, it's like, oh my God, please not right now. So for me, I, we talked about this in the money saving tips podcast, where now with things like drive up, it is so amazing because that really helps you stay on a budget because you know exactly how much you're spending and you don't have that temptation of like going in there to the store. And for me, definitely, I can agree with that. I had to write every single thing down. And this year, when I decided to make that change, I was able to pay off $10,000 in debt that I had. And I amazing. Yeah. And it felt so great because I also saved my first $10,000. So it was really amazing how one simple thing that you do can have such a huge impact on your life, you know, because Mm -hmm. it's like, I went from struggling every single month, not being sure how I was going to do it to pay my bills to then being able to save and being able to bring down my debt by a large amount, you know? So definitely I agree with that. If anyone out there is listening and if you are not writing down every single thing, like, I mean, you have to be very consistent in writing everything down because if you're a natural spender, you might check your bank account and be like, yikes, where did all my money go? And you even think somebody might've committed fraud. And (laughs) like, I know I've definitely been there, so. Yeah, for sure. Like literally it was a conversation that I was constantly having with my husband. I'd be like, well, not the number of the He's like, what? But what did we spend money on? And once I started tracking, he would still ask me that question. He like still was like, what is our money going to? And I take out the book and I would tell him, well, this is what you spend your personal budget on. And this is what our three-year-old used their personal budget on. And ahora no tenemos dinero to go out um, to a restaurant because we already went to Pollo Loco and we already went to Shake Shack and you know, all these things. And it, beca- it helps us become so much aware more aware of our habits and also has helped me now after 20 months of becoming more mindful. Now I can like want something and not buy it that same exact moment. I could actually wait like 48 hours, which is huge for me. That's such a big thing for me too. Um, I realized that with my last credit card statement, um, it's like $2 here, $3 here. And then when you check your statement, it's like $300, like where'd they go? Mm -hmm. So I can definitely relate. Um, 
I really find that zero-based budget really interesting. I personally am a saver. I have always been. Um, but that's just the way I was raised on like a really limited budget. My dad was the only one working. So um, we had to make do with his money. Now that we're older, like I've also started working, but it was just to be able to cover all your expenses. And then everything else was really limited. So I've been able to like work that into my finances. Um, and I find that really helpful, but I feel like I could also try the zero-based budget um, to see if that works any differently for me. But um, one thing I just wanted to tell you, I love how transparent you're being. Um, a lot of the times we only get like the success stories, you know, <laughs> like it's like, oh, learn how to get where I'm at by doing this, but they don't really talk about like the struggles. And I love how you, how transparent you're being and all this knowledge that you're sharing with us as like Latinas and like mujeres, like, I just love it. I wish, I wish that I could tell people like, look, just start zero-based budgeting and you're going to become debt-free, but it's not like that. And I always tell people it happens like poco a poco, todo con tiempo, because you start to learn more about yourself. And for me, I like, I, I have learned so much about myself in terms of like what my insecurities are, like how I was trying to front for other people, how I felt pressured to buy certain things so that I would be considered a good mom and all those things impacted our financial journey. And it was by zero-based budgeting and tracking my spending that I started to realize like, okay, well, does my child, like, can I still be a good mom if my child only has two pairs of shoes? Is that okay? Like, or, or does that mean that like, I am not successful? And I had all these ideas in my head, especially because we had grown up low income. So there's a part of us that wanted to like, you know, give our kids everything we didn't have, but also realizing like our kids didn't, you know, like we could provide our kids financial security and we can provide them with um, personal finance literacy. And we can provide them with things that also like, we don't even need to spend money on and learning to, you know, engage in those types of habits and it's a journey. Like the base thing I want to tell everybody is like a journey. It's going to take time. It's going to like, especially because you start to deal with your own like money memories of growing up as a kid. And so like spending money on something like, okay, this is a big thing for the longest time. I didn't want to pay to take courses to learn. I felt like, how am I, like, how am I going to spend money to learn how to make money? Cuando no tengo dinero in the first place. And that was something that really blocked me because I wasn't investing in myself in terms of my learning or like, I would only wanna check out books from the library that were free. And yet I would spend, like I would go out on the street and I would buy like, you know, fruit with the fruit that all, I buy all this random stuff that wasn't necessarily helping me on my financial journey at all, but I didn't wanna buy like a book or sign up for a course. And I would like only wait for, my free book would be available at the library. And those are things that I realized over time, like, hey, I'm keeping myself in a cycle and I need to, if I want to level up, I have to invest in my education. And yeah, I could wait until I can get like a free version, but I could also just pay for it and get that information a lot faster. And so that's something like 
I feel like I've grown a lot in because a year ago I would not spend like $150 on, on a workshop. And now I, I look at some of the courses available, the coaching, and I think, hell yeah, I'm going to find my way to save a thousand dollars so that I could work with this person, but it takes time. And like I said, I've been doing this now for 20 months. In the beginning, I was just struggling on tracking my spending. Yeah, I think that that's definitely a mindset that a lot of us may have in the beginning about not wanting to invest in a course. But if you really think about the amount of time it's going to take you to try and find information, because obviously there's tons of information out on the internet, YouTube, Instagram, but you have to weed through the garbage. And at the end of the day, it's time is money. So is it really worth your time? to be weaving through all of the garbage to finally hit a page that you, or a video and be like, yeah, this person is giving good information, but versus just putting the money up front into somebody that you find and that you feel like I can really trust in this person. I really like the things that they're talking about. You save so much time. And then in return, you either start making more money faster or you start learning how to save money faster. So I think that that is something that is really important. I was um, actually talking to my mom about that and I was telling her that there's courses that I'm interested in taking because I see so many powerful women, you know, like yourself and so many other people that we've seen on Instagram that they share really valuable information. And I feel like that valuable information that people share, you know, we have to give them something in return, you know, because it's it's just a give and take, you know, you can't give every single piece of information, you know, for free, because then you would be sitting there for five, six hours with every single person versus like with courses, it's so amazing, because so many people can join and get the information at once. And I think it is an amazing investment. And I think it's so cool that we have something like that nowadays, you know, because back in the day, it was like you had to attend the seminar. And if you didn't attend, then you missed out until the next one. And, you know, there's just so much more accessibility. And I think that's amazing, you know, for so many people like us that this is a newer journey and we're trying to figure everything out. It's really amazing. Mm -hmm. So one thing that we want to ask you is for anyone that is out there listening, they can relate to any of our journeys, what would you say for you is one of the biggest mistakes that you've made in your journey? Um, I think it was a mistake that I, that I held out for a long time in terms of investing in, in my financial literacy. I started my financial literacy when I was on disability. I was sick. I was a teacher and then I got really sick and I was on bed rest. So there was a point where I had all this time to be reading all these books. And that's what I was doing. But after I got better, I had, I got an acostumbrada to just do things for free by reading everything, you know, checking out books from the library or watching YouTube videos that I wasn't very mindful of my time. And I'll also say if I'm being 100% honest, Something I'm struggling with right now is that I tend to be someone who are like, I will reduce costs, you know, I will cut out spending, but there comes a point where you can't cut anymore. And it, it, it becomes like um, critical for you to start making more money. And part of the reason why we were able to 
to reach our financial goals um, so quickly. Because I, when I think of all the money and everything, it's like, yeah, I was the one who was managing it. But my husband was the one who was constantly like trying to make more money. And where I was always trying to like save, 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 he was like looking for promotions and raises and, and doing everything to get his bonus. And I think that for myself, that's something I need to work on. And in general, like a mistake or a challenge that I have in front of myself right now is balancing that like saving with also increasing your income. And for me, it's a confidence issue uh, as I transition into like having a different career. And I think, yeah, I mean, that's just something that, that I want to work on. And I think in general, like everyone should keep that in mind that like, look at your numbers and, and reflect on both ways that you can decrease your expenses and ways that you can increase your income. Cause it, cause if you can do both, like you, you're going to be good. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. I feel like it just as important as it is to decrease your spending, you do also have to increase your income, um, whether that's getting side hustles or, you know, trying to get a promotion at your current job or if it means getting a second job, because that is very important. And one of my personal goals for 2020 is that I want to try to have at least six different side hustles. I feel like with this day and age, how expensive it is, be able to, you know, own a house, own a car and pay for all of the things that you need to pay for. I feel like it's not like how it was, you know, maybe 50 years ago where one person would work and the other person would stay home. For sure. Yeah. So I think side hustles is definitely a really important thing. And like you said, investing in different types of things and opening up like Roth IRAs and stuff like that. So everyone does need to go out there and see what's out there because you only know what you know, right? Exactly. Is there any other things that you'd like to share before we end this podcast? I think this was a really informative one. I think people will definitely appreciate all of the the information that you've shared today. Is there anything else that you'd like to leave off saying to anyone out there listening. I just want to say thank you to you Mujeres for having this platform and using your platform to spread the word about um, financial literacy. And anyone who's listening, know that you're not alone. If you need um, a support system, there are strangers online who will support you for sure. You could follow the hashtag debt-free community. You could follow the hashtag uh, the FIRE community. Um, definitely reach out to me on Instagram. I live for talking to people about the middle, whether it's via like DMs or even like hopping on a call. But definitely know that you're not alone. And when you can build wealth and community, I think it just happens a lot faster and it's better for all of us. So we would really like to thank you so much for coming on our podcast. And if anyone's listening and they're not following you on Instagram, where can they follow you? I am on Instagram at Wealth Para Todos. I am on Twitter at Wealth Para Todos. I'm on Pinterest at Wealth Para Todos. And I'm working on a blog. So, and that will be at wealthparatodos.com. Awesome. Can't wait to follow that. You definitely have to follow her. She posts hilarious and super informative content. So I encourage you all to follow her. Once again, thank you so much. Well, guys, that about does it for today's podcast. We'd like to thank you all so much for listening. 
please be sure to subscribe to this podcast and share this episode. If you're interested in sponsoring a future episode, head over to our Instagram at Humble Hustlers Podcast and send us a DM. Also, be sure to share this podcast with your friends, your family, or just anybody that you think might benefit from this episode. Lastly, don't forget to rate our podcast. Guys, it only takes two seconds and it helps us out tremendously. Until next time, hustlers, stay humble and keep hustling.